Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Light Pulse podcast, where we endeavor to cast light from God's word on the issues that impact our lives. I'm Minister Natalie Washington, and I want to talk to you today about the love of God in that he is the type of God that doesn't wag his finger in our faces. You know, he's that type of God that says, it's all right, child. Just come back to me. It's all right, child. Just sin no more and come back to me. He's the type of God that his arms are always open wide. We are the ones that walk away. We're the ones that turn our backs on him. But praise God, he is faithful. He is so faithful. And I don't know about you, but I am just so glad that he's not the kind of God that says, I told you so. Who wants to hear, I told you so? I told you so. Who wants to see a finger wagging in their face or a raised eyebrow looking at you with disappointment? I mean, who wants to see that? See, we don't serve a God who does this. He doesn't wag his finger at us in our face. I mean, he doesn't do that after we've messed up. When we messed up, he doesn't do that. So many people look for people to mess up. Do you know people like that? There are also people who see you trying to do something, see you struggling they see you struggling and they won't try to help. They typically may say, well, you didn't ask. Or, well, I didn't want you to think I was trying to tell you what to do. So I didn't say anything. <laughs> now, if you're one who never asked for help, you know, if you're somebody who never asked anybody to help you, or you tend to take an attitude when someone offers to help, Oh, that's another story, but you still don't want to see a finger wagging in your face <laughs> and you certainly don't want to hear a tongue wagging in your ear with an I told you so, right? <laughs> I mean, we know when we've messed up. Most people know anyway. What most people would prefer is someone who responds more how God does. So I want to go over a few examples. Do you remember the woman caught in the act of adultery? I'm going to read John 38 verses 7 through 11. It says, So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her first. And again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. Ever wonder what he was writing on the ground? <laughs> then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, Woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, No one, Lord. 
And Jesus said to her, Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. That is how Jesus responded to the woman caught in the act of adultery. She was doing wrong. She knew she was doing wrong. The man who was with her knew that they were doing wrong. But Jesus did not condemn her. He didn't give her a tongue lashing. He didn't say, now woman, you knew you were wrong. Now woman, you knew you didn't have no business doing what you were doing. He didn't do that. He he didn't say, now you knew the law. You knew that this was going to happen. Why in the world did you put yourself in such a position where you are about to be stoned? Didn't you know better? I mean, didn't you know better? I'm talking to you. No, he didn't do that. He said, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you yet? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. If Jesus doesn't condemn, who has the right to do so? Notice it says, from the oldest to the last. Meaning, the oldest, well, they had lived a long life. They had a whole lot of wrong that they had done. They were the ones to leave first. They had probably done something that morning. The last, the youngest people, they had done something probably just within a few minutes of lining up to stone this woman. So if Jesus doesn't condemn, who has the right to do so? Who has the right to say, I told you so? And let's think about that. When most people tell us that, if we ever hear it, it's got a whole lot of attitude in it, doesn't it? I told you, I told you, didn't I tell you? I tried to tell you, but you wouldn't listen to me. That's what we hear, don't we? We get a tongue lashing. And then we get that look, the raised eyebrow. If Jesus doesn't condemn Who has the right to do so? And the most important thing he said, neither do I condemn you. Check out the end. Go and sin no more. So instead of, don't you go back out there and do that no more now. Now, if I had to, you see, if, 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 what if I hadn't have been here, then what would you would have done? He didn't say any of that. He didn't have to. It was unnecessary. The woman knew she had done wrong. He said, go and sin no more. She done wrong. She was wrong. Could have been dead. May not have even been the first time. But even if it was, God said, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. What does that tell us? Well, we may have done wrong just a little bit ago before we turned you turned on this podcast. You may have thought something. You may have done something just last night. And like I said, just a minute ago, before you even turned on this podcast, Jesus says, go and sin no more. You see, the Bible also says those who are in Christ Jesus 
are no longer condemned. If you are in Christ Jesus, you are no longer condemned. The key here is go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. Let me give you another example. The prodigal son. The prodigal son. Luke 15, verse 20 through 24. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Now, I'm not quite sure how a person falls on their neck and kissed him, except that he may have kissed his feet. Any other way, how would he have fallen on his neck? If he was on his neck, then he must have been on the ground, right? And he kissed him. He kissed his feet. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it. Can you just hear him? Bring that fatted calf here so we can kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. Now, where in this passage do you hear, boy, where you been? We've been worried about you. We've been praying for you. You could have at least, now I don't know, they probably didn't have phones back then, but you could have at least sent, sent word that you were safe. You could have done that. How dare you put us through this? I'm an old man. How dare you put me through this? I told you not to go out there. But you wanted to go. You wanted to live high and mighty. Now you done spent all your money and you're coming back here. No, mm -mm, you go on back out there. You left here. He didn't say that. See, catch it. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. That's verse 21. Verse 22. The father said to his servants, you see, the first thing came out of his mouth was not to his son, but to the servants. He didn't give him a tongue lashing. He was just glad to see his boy. He probably has been praying, been praying daily. It also says, let's back it up a notch in verse 20. He arose and came to his father. All right. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him, had compassion. Now, let me say this. It's human nature. It is. Your nerves have been wrecked. You've been worried about this child. You've been worried about this person all this time. The way they left, you didn't want them to leave. You knew that it was a bad decision. You know that they were just being young and foolish and wanted to sow his wild oats or whatever. You didn't want him to go, but he did. He made that choice and you let him go. Your nerves been on edge. It's human nature. It's 
human nature to want to just give him a tongue lashing and probably go upside his head. (laughs) But he had compassion. He had control. He had self-control and he held back. He may have thought it, but he didn't say it. He had compassion. Nobody wants to hear, I told you so. When you think about it, it is of the enemy, really, when you think about it. The, the enemy is one, he is the accuser. He is one that wants to make us feel bad and understand this. Certainly, we are to be convicted of what we've done wrong. We certainly have to be. Holy Spirit will help us with that. When we know we've done wrong, the Bible tells us that the prodigal son came to his senses. He arose and came to his father. When he realized that, you know, this is just ridiculous. Let me carry myself on home. These pigs eating better than me. This just doesn't make any sense. I will become one of my father's hired hands. He humbled himself. When a person has done wrong and they feel conviction about it, the last thing they need to hear is, I told you so. They don't need to see a finger wagging in their face. They need to see compassion. They need to See and hear compassion. It will take everything in us to hold back. You see, the Bible tells us that we have been given a spirit of self-control. The Holy Spirit has given us that. And we have the ability to do that. We have the ability to do that. And that's what this father did. And that's how it is with our father, because this is a parable of how our father responds to us after we have messed up. He says, go and sin no more. I'm going to give you another example. And this will be the last one. The disciples, the disciples abandonment and Peter's betrayal. Matthew 26, 34 through 35. And see, here's the thing here. Peter's betrayal. Jesus had told him that he was going to deny him three times before he does it. He told him that he was going to do it. Let me read the passage. Matthew 26, 34 through 35. Jesus said to him, assuredly, I say to you that this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Hmm. Well, here is the thing. The first thing Jesus said to all the disciples who had all abandoned him when he was crucified. Let me tell you what the first thing Jesus said. He said, Peace be with you. Go and look at this whole passage of scripture. Go and review it. I don't want to keep you too long on this podcast. It's too long. But go and review it. And you will find that the first thing Jesus said was, Peace be with you. This is when he appeared to them. Peace be with you. He didn't come back with, I knew you all would leave me. You weren't there for me when I needed you. He didn't wag his finger 
with I knew I couldn't depend on you for support. (laughs) Thomas didn't even believe it was him, but Jesus was patient. He didn't say, don't you see these holes in my hands and feet? Son, don't you see that? No, he didn't say you weren't even here the first time I came. Because see, Thomas didn't come the first time that Jesus actually appeared. Furthermore, Jesus could have said, you probably were the first person to leave me hanging. No, no, Jesus didn't do that. He patiently told him to put his finger there and there. And then he said in John verse 20, chapter 20, I should say, verse 29, Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. (laughs) With Peter, he didn't say, didn't I tell you? I told you, didn't I? No. Instead, he asked him if he loved him three times gave him instructions to feed his people, told him in so many words how he was going to die, then told him to follow him. We see all of that in John, the 21st chapter, verses 15 through 19. Make sure you go back and read it. I want to encourage you. Let's follow the examples that has been set by God. Let's remove the plank from our own eye. Before we tell another person about the speck in their eye, let's treat others the way we want to be treated. It's just an encouragement. It's just an encouragement. Remember, my brother and sister in Christ, all who are in Christ Jesus are no longer condemned. Let's respond with compassion. That's how we would want somebody to respond to us. Right? Right. I hope that this message has been a blessing to you. I really pray that it has. Tell somebody about the Light Post podcast. I want to thank you for joining us on another episode of the Light Post podcast. This is a ministry of the Guiding Light Church. For other messages and resources, connect with us online at guidinglight.org, Guiding Light Church on Facebook, or Guiding Light Church TV on YouTube. While you're there, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you give it a thumbs up if it has blessed you and share it with somebody who could use the blessing. Thank you for listening. Take care of yourself. And until the next time, be blessed.